I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. So today, I wanted to forewarn you guys, we are probably going to have a long episode because we just had the three-year anniversary of January 6th, and we have several different news stories to go over that have to do with January 6th, but I'm also hoping to take us back in time a little bit as well to really look at what happened that day so that it is fresh in our minds as we are going into these new news stories to do with the events of that day. That said, we have two different reminders and then two different mini stories to go over before we get into all that and then a couple news stories after that. So we have a lot to go over today. Let's jump in. In terms of reminders, I wanted to remind you guys that January 15th is when the Republican primaries are set to begin. I believe it is the 10th when we are having the Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, you know, face off on CNN while President Trump will be hosting a town hall on Fox News. So that will all be going down before the 15th. And I will definitely keep you guys posted on that. Hunter Biden is also scheduled to appear before a California court this week on Thursday in regard to his new charges. So that is just something I wanted to make you guys aware of as well. And we will be keeping an eye out for anything interesting having to do with that. 
For our first mini story today, I wanted to let you guys know that the Senate and the House leadership were finally able to agree on a spending package. That said, as of now, it's just sort of a handshake deal, a verbal agreement. Nothing has actually been passed yet, and they have a very short runway to accomplish that ahead of a potential government shutdown. So let's hope that they can hold on to this deal and really get the deed done. We will keep you guys posted. Also, I want to let you guys know if and when something is passed, we will take a deeper look at it. What, you know, sort of concessions each side made to get it done, because we know there's a lot at play here when it comes to the border and Ukraine and funding for Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we will definitely break that down once something's actually passed. And for our second mini story, heavy winter storms are moving across the United States right now. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that to make sure you're checking your weather reports and make sure that you're in the clear or prepared for a storm that's headed your way. We just had a ton to go over in today's episode, so I don't have time to dive into all the details on this for you today. But as always, please heed the weather advisories in your local area and just be aware in case there are storms headed your way. So you guys, over the weekend, we saw the third anniversary of the January 6th riots. As these attacks unfolded, I was actually new into my work with this podcast. And I remember updating you guys throughout the day on social and thinking to myself, this is going to be a really major event and a a defining event in America. But I don't think any of us really knew how to process those events in the moment. You know, what would they mean long term? And we were just wrapping up a global pandemic. And I think the world just felt so overwhelming at the time. It was a mix of shock and fear and uncertainty. And that's always kind of shrouded January 6th. Lots of confusion. But It was certainly a moment that history will look back on. And in the coming weeks, our country will really decide how to put these events into context with a Supreme Court decision on this very subject. Did Trump attack our Capitol? Did he participate in this insurrection? Or does hiding safely in the White House absolve him from any involvement in what unfolded? despite the fact that many of the insurrectionists themselves claimed that he told them to do what they did. Our highest court will weigh in and ultimately define this event for future generations and potentially define the future of America for us. Whether we are an America who tolerates the encouragement of violence in our hallowed halls or an America who will not allow our sacred spaces and leadership to be harmed and degraded, allowing us to devolve into chaos. Let's get into the news that has to do with January 6th. So to go back in time for a minute, According to experts for NPR on their show Up First, the January 6th trials were, quote, the largest single criminal investigation in American history. The FBI estimates that around 2,000 people from every state in our country took part in the riot in some way, end quote. 140 police officers were injured that day and several died of their injuries. Five people died in total. It was bloody, 
It was embarrassing. It was traumatic. And it was unlike any other event in American history. And now the past is really coming back to the forefront as the man who many say is responsible for this event tries to regain power. We have three stories to do with January 6th and its ripple effects here at the top. Let's get into them. So the first more current news story to do with January 6th is that the Supreme Court has agreed to take on the case. So by the Supreme Court agreeing to take on the Colorado case where Trump was kicked off the ballot, they're really agreeing to review the events of January 6th and determine Trump's involvement. Why? Well, because January 6th was the reason Trump was kicked off the ballot in Colorado. Courts in Colorado are arguing that the insurrection was an effort to attack the U.S. government and that Donald Trump participated in it. Now it has been appealed to the conservative slanted Supreme Court who agreed to take on the case. However, their decisions will not be handed down until February. So while that is a fast track when it comes to Supreme Court timelines, the primaries will be actively underway at that point. So It's really confusing, and I'm not quite sure how this will affect the timeline of the presidential race and how the primaries will shake out. But this election cycle between both like the candidates' ages as well as all these legal issues is set to be a very bumpy ride, you guys, more so than usual. So buckle up, and we will keep you posted every step of the way. And next up in news to do with January 6th, President Biden made a very important speech on the anniversary of January 6th. It was an effort to really remind Americans of what happened on that day, how crazy it really was, and how it could be a slippery slope. Basically, if President Trump had had his way, what would have happened? He started out by saying, quote, the topic of my speech today is deadly serious, end quote, setting a very intense tone from the onset. Biden said that January 6th was the day that we, quote, almost lost America, almost lost it all, end quote. And to be honest, it could be that dramatic. Let's think about it for a second. If Trump had gotten his way, If Mike Pence had done what Trump had asked and refuted the will of the American people, something that has never happened and is definitely not legal, where would we be today? Would Trump have illegally held on to power? Would he still be president? Would a civil war have broken out? And if so, would the military have followed Trump's lead as president or Biden's? If Trump had physically fought to hold on to power, would our system of government have survived? It's easy to kick our feet up and think that America is totally invincible, but she's a dream. She's an ideal. She's an illusion. We feel safe here because past generations have always respected the Constitution and the rule of law. So what happens when we have a leader who doesn't? Biden also sought to connect the dots between the violence that ensued and the people who were killed that day and President Trump. 
I want to play one part of his speech for you that I thought was pretty convincing, pretty powerful, and again, kind of connected those dots. They died because these lies brought a mob to Washington. He promised it would be wild, and it was. He told the crowd to fight like hell, and all hell was unleashed. He promised he would write them, write them, everything they did. He would be side by side with them. Then, as usual, he left the dirty work to others. He retreated to the White House. As America was attacked from within, Donald Trump watched on TV in the private small dining room off, my oval, oval, off the Oval Office. The entire nation watched in horror. The whole world watched in disbelief. And Trump did nothing. Members of his staff, members of his family, Republican leaders who were under attack for the, at that very moment, pled with him, act, call off the mob. Imagine had he gone out and said, stop. And still, Trump did nothing. So some of those are direct quotes from Donald Trump where he said it would be wild, that he would be there by their side, that all hell would be unleashed. Trump said those things, hyping up his followers about what would happen that day before it ever happened. And it's kind of hard to ignore the connections there. And I think President Biden is really trying to show those connections ahead of the Supreme Court decision so as to put pressure on them to take a look at those connections and hopefully, in his case, draw the conclusion that President Trump did participate in these events. And then for our final story to do with January 6th for today, new information has come to light. So a new witness has testified with Jack Smith's counsel, someone who is very close to Trump, Dan Scavino. Scavino was Trump's former deputy chief of staff, and now he is currently working with Trump on his 2024 campaign. He has previously avoided testifying before the House committee looking into January 6th, but was finally forced by subpoena to testify in front of Jack Smith. And now he has been, he has further given accounts to basically the president's headspace on that day, saying that while Trump was alone in the White House, he was, quote, just not interested, end quote, in stopping the January 6th violence and criminal activity. He also told investigators that when he was told that when Trump was told Vice President Pence was being rushed to a secure location because his very life was being threatened, Trump responded, quote, so what? End quote. In the eyes of a lot of people, when the president is sworn in to, quote, preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, end quote, the president isn't supposed to willingly allow people to try and obstruct the execution of instructions from the Constitution. Because that's what was happening that day in Congress, you guys. They were ratifying the election results as per the U.S. Constitution. Congress, they were protecting and abiding by the Constitution, whereas the angry mob outside was threatening it. And President Trump sat and did nothing to protect those constitutional proceedings. Meanwhile, Trump just the other day tried 
again to create another false reality, saying that those at the Capitol on January 6th acted, quote, peacefully and patriotically, end quote. And based on the countless eyewitness accounts and testimonies under oath, video footage, photography, hundreds of those who were injured at the Capitol and five deaths that resulted, that is simply not true. That day was anything but peaceful. In his testimony to Jack Smith's counsel, Scavino recounted saying on the phone to President Trump on January 6th, quote, This is your legacy here, and Mr. President, there is smoke coming out of the Capitol, end quote. And maybe that's all we really need to know. So for our next story today, I wanted to let you guys know that Wayne LaPierra from the NRA has resigned. So the longtime leader of the NRA, a man by the name of Wayne LaPierra, has resigned from his position. If you guys remember, Wayne was under investigation and things were not looking good for him. And if anything, him resigning almost adds smoke to what looks like a fire. The corruption trial against him is actually being brought by the same New York attorney general who is bringing the civil case against Trump, his family and his organization. If she were able to shut down both Wayne LaPierre and President Trump from doing business in the state of New York, it would certainly have progressives nationwide clicking their heels together. I can tell you that much. Wayne attributed his resignation to health issues, but said at the end, quote, my passion for our cause burns as deeply as ever, end quote. So he won't be going down without a fight, and we will be sure to keep you guys posted all along the way. And so to end off today, we are going to head over to some Israel Gaza updates. And I obviously want to issue a content warning. This story involves war. So our first update when it comes to Israel and Gaza is that Hezbollah has officially begun attacking Israel. So Hezbollah has entered the chat, y'all. If you guys remember, Hezbollah is a militant group considered globally to be a terrorist organization that is widely considered to be more powerful than the legit Lebanese military. So following the explosion in Beirut that killed several Hamas leaders, as well as five to seven civilians, depending on which news outlet you are reading from, Hezbollah was not happy and took this as a reason to begin attacking Israel themselves. Of course, the international community at large is doing what it can to squash this and try to make sure that things don't widen, but it may not be fruitful. We'll keep you guys posted. And next up in our Israel-Gaza updates, Austin's health. So the public just found out that the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, was in the hospital. And this is upsetting people given how delicate his position is in light of global events. We really need our leaders in tip-top shape. And if they're not, we need to know about it. Transparency in leadership is important. And apparently Austin didn't even alert the White House as to his medical issues until three days after he was in the hospital for a medical procedure. And no one is even saying what this procedure even was. 
being that Austin is the key link between the president and the U.S. military, it's kind of vital that they're in contact and that they know about each other's conditions. So these are incredibly uncertain times and things can really turn on a dime. Hopefully we will get more info soon and hopefully he is okay and back on the job soon as well. And then I wanted to also let you guys know that ISIS has made an announcement basically calling for the death of Jews wherever they live. So according to Newsweek, ISIS has just called for lone wolf, quote unquote, attackers to kill Jews wherever they live around the world. Obviously, ISIS is a terrorist organization. They have killed just over 100 fellow Muslims in Iran last week. They are not reasonable, but they do have fanatics who follow them all over the world who tragically pay heed to their words. And thus, the world gets more dangerous for Jewish people again day by day, which is tragically a tale as old as time. Meanwhile, more civilians and members of the press are losing their lives every day as people are trapped in Gaza, dodging Israel's bombs and bullets. I haven't seen any updated death tolls from proper news outlets, but estimates are circulating online that have things about 22,000. The Guardian also has attested that civilians make up about 61% of that total. And we also know that children make up almost half the population in Gaza. So you can see where that's leading. And where this will end is absolutely anyone's guess. The U.S. is still pressuring Israel to end the fighting, as well as fighting Hamas in a more strategic way, leaving civilians out of it. But as of now, we are just not seeing that shift in their tactics. So we will continue to keep you guys posted. But that is what we have to update you guys on the war. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. When nothing is certain, anything is possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.